Hey yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get drunk. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the Actual Factual. So we have a legend on the podcast today. As we do. Um, as <laughs> as we do. Bucket list. Um, you won't find many podcasts speaking to, to our guest, but we, 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 we have the Actual Factual in our pocket. So it's one of those ones where we have to go, yeah, we've got to go get EZLP. We got we got to talk to EZLP, um, a hit maker. Um, no hit is the same, but they're hits nonetheless. And um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we had a really really good conversation with with EZLP and to understand his history, to understand his mindset. Um, yeah, some really crazy stories in this one. And I like he's um he's got some of that humble brag energy. Not too cocky, but he knows <laughs> what he did, and I respect yeah. it, bro. Like yeah, you know when he says none of his beats sound the same. It's the actual truth. It's the actual factual, bruv. It is true. It is true. His you think about all it. all sound different. It's not a lie. Like, I think what he's done is particularly remarkable because oftentimes for longevity, producers have to have a sound. You know, Premier has a sound. Pete Rock has a sound. Mm. I don't know what the easy LP sound is, if there is one, but it's just quality. It's quality. It's, it's a high standard mm. of music that you'll get each and every time. So yeah, man, I've re- really enjoyed that. Yeah, conversation. that was a fun conversation. He's like, he's like Mandem. I feel like I've known him for ages. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, 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 his, his demeanor is, his, his demeanor is very, is very inviting. Like it's very, it's very chilled. Definitely. And a, lot, and a lot of it, there's a lot of experience in that. You can see that he has learned a lot from his time in music. Um, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of wisdom he can impart to, to, to younger producers getting in the game because he's, he's been through a lot definitely definitely you know he made a lot of hit records but it wasn't it wasn't as easy it wasn't all rosy to begin with he worked his ass off to get and he paid dues he, he paid dues yes. yeah yeah so yeah so this is easy lp breaking atoms podcast check it out it's another special episode of the breaking atoms podcast uh today's guest uh is a legendary producer um he knows all about adversity and coming in the game and, and people not maybe understanding and seeing his vision. But when they did, he got money. He got a lot of money. He made some classic records. And we're very, very pleased to have the one, the only Easy LP on the Breaking Atoms podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm, I, I love the name Easy LP. I, mean, uh-huh. I love the spelling. It's a very hip hop spelling, right? But I also just love the name Easy LP. How did you get the name? Um, from my block, I'm from Soundview. Um, there was another DJ on my block. His name was um Easy LG, and I was like, well, why you call yourself Easy LG? I just kind of didn't know why, and I was like, okay, well, Mars was definitely a bike. I was like, I'm, I like Easy. It sound better than you know, just it just sounded better than me. Um, I was always known as LP on my block, you know, because I used to DJ. So, and then when I started making mixtapes and let's see, I'll say about ninety-one, I started making mixtapes about ninety ninety-one. I just ran with the name. I just kept it easy LP, but I was a DJ then. And then when I ran, I ran with Lord Finesse and Buck Wow. And when it was time for me to do the transfer over into doing production. I just kept the name and I said, I just ran with the name and it just 
it wasn't a reason to change it. Yeah, yeah, but it was. It, was, it, it actually originally kind of from EZLG, which is uh, he's on radio. His name is LG the Cutman. Now he changed his name, so you know it's because it's of him. He was um, he was a DJ. Like he was like one of the. He wasn't the biggest DJ on my block, but he was. He used to work at the record shop that was across the street from my house. So being he used to work at the record shop, I used to see him DJing and all that. He was real quiet. You know, he wasn't a real talkative dude, but like, you know, he was good on the on the turntables. He was really good on the turntables. So it was a it was a bite. <laughs> it was a bite. You know what I'm but you know, it, I give him his credit. That's where it came from. And then, you know, as I guess as time going along, then it was a, you know, I seen Easy Moby. I was like, Easy Moby, okay. All right, you know what I'm saying, but it ain't too many easy. So you know what I'm saying, but it's a it's a gang of LPs <laughs> there out is, here there now. Is, there is a lot of LPs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a gang of them. But you know, but whatever. Hip hop has that. It's it's funny. There's 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 sometimes a lot of young Lil, a lot of grandmasters back in the day. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, it, mm-hmm. it has it has its phases where yeah. it's a lot of its influence, right? right? So right, there's a lot of right. paying homage in in that respect. Um, right, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, definitely. It was, a, I mean, I ran into a lot of that. I mean, but I'm from. I started at a very, very early age, so I was around a lot of different. Um, I was around a lot of older people at like seven, eight, and so like the block where I'm from, I used to carry crates for DJ Lightning Lance, and like he was like the first one that made a scratch record. Um, uh. It was a Johnny Johnny. I think his name was Johnny Soul. It was a it's a hip hop album and it has um, Grandmaster Flash is on it, Lance is on it, Shaw Rock. It was a whole bunch of different artists on it. So eighty one live convention. That's the name of the album. So like I, I ran with him. So you know he kind of showed me the game with Carriages Records. I got put up on records and you know that's when I started wanting to really 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 be in the game. So. Yeah, he was a heavy influence on me at an earlier age, definitely. Yeah, so so from starting as a DJ and then obviously moving into production, obviously we'll talk about Buck Wild and Finesse. Um, but I just, for one second, I'm always interested about people who are DJs that move into production. Um, how did mm-hmm. the influence of being a DJ at a time help to inspire or help to shape your production process and just your production in general was you know is it you know djs are very good at that time to know bpms for example Mm -hmm. and samples and Mm -hmm. things like that so how did it help shape Mm -hmm. your production process as you got later in in your career yeah it's just the knowledge of records is what what made it easier like easier but i mean you know of course you got to figure out how to use the machines and all that other stuff but my knowledge of records was extensive like even like even get money get money i was playing that record when i was 16. like when i was 16 15 years old that was a record that i played and once i started getting into producing like even that particular record like i was like yo i like this beat man let me just try it let me just see if it's gonna work and then you know when i played it for big he was like yeah that's the record i was like okay i left out of his house and we all got in the car and it was like say yo did big pick that beat it was like i think so i said all right we'll <laughs> <laughs> see yo you know because like you know at the beginning stage of my career was a lot of re- i got a lot of rejection so it was like it was different. 
is different because you know it's kind of hard to be playing beats and you got buck wild and law finesse which was like oh man like those those are them guys like i watch buck make beats like the, the artifacts record um what's that record come on with the come on get down with the get down and i'm, I'm watching the krs1 Matt, um channel live remixes all of these all these records that bug did i was basically right there with him or in the vicinity or pulling up at his crib and sitting in he's like yo listen to this beat he hit the play button i'm like god damn you don't stop and it's like he was a like he was a monster. I was like, Jesus, this guy does not stop making beats. Like, like he was, he made more beats than me and Finesse for sure. But Finesse made a lot of beats too, but but just would not stop. Like his his drive was, was like, ooh. Yeah, he had a drive. So, you know, I had to really, I had to step my game up <laughs> tremendously, because it's just when you got all that greatness around you, you 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 can't be lacking, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, like so you know, like I said, it was really hard in the beginning to play beats behind them or in between them when they making these great records. I'm watching Buck; he's doing the OC album. He's coming with all of these beats. I'm like, yo, and it's like as as the album started started getting deeper, deeper. The album, the the you know, when he came to the to the bottom line or uh, to the like kind of the, almost the absolute end of the album. He came with these joints. Um, <sighs> Times Up was Times Up was one of them. Times Up was one of them. Um, that might have happened towards the beginning of the album, and it was so good. It was like, yeah, we need to put this out. And then once they got that clearance from Slick Rick and all that, they was like, all right, let's go. Like, but like that was yeah. a big record. To this day. And it was just the records. Yeah, that first OC album was like Born Life. That sh- that was like a great album. He's so underrated though, like so underrated. He should be at the, you know with you know with at least the top 10, 10, 10 15. Like he's he's a mm. great artist. He's a great artist. He's my favorite rapper. Yeah, like he's super dope, but he's like underrated for for no reason cuz he was he was the one. <laughs> Like he won. Like he at one point to me he was better than Nas at one point. But you know, Nas just kept going. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, I hear you. You, know. you you talk about Lord Finesse and there's this DITC connection. I did some research and found out you were almost Lord Finesse's official, unofficial driver. Is that correct? Have you got yeah, any stories yeah. from the days of driving Finesse yeah. around? Yeah, man. It was always it was good times, man. Finesse. I ain't gonna even hold you. Like finesse was like he treated us like, like his kids, but not like not like sons. But you're like son. Like he just showed us another side to the world and just everything and how he would treat us. He would take us to eat and we would go somewhere. He'd be like, "Yo, don't worry about that. I got everything. We good. Just come on, let's go." And he was just like, he's like his mentorship kind of just taught you how to move. Like, cause I never, we never had mentors like him, like at all. I mean, he was really our first mentor. Like, so, but I used to see how he treat Buck, cause you know Buck got one of first, and then like I kind of came around, and then we just was inseparable for years, two years until you know everybody got to start doing their own thing. Like, you know, you can't 
he held his hand, he held our hand as long as he could. But like, once we grasped what we needed to grasp, it was like, yo, you good. That's mentorship. But like, yeah, exactly. It's like, that's one day I was watching his podcast. He was on live the other day and I didn't even know his mentor was Jazzy J. Okay. I was like, I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that. It was like, yeah, they said Finesse used to go and get around Jazzy J and be like, yo, man, yo, I'm like one of the dopest rappers, man. You you need to work with me. And then Jazzy J was his mentor. I was like, wow. It was like, I didn't even know that. Mm. So, you know, so I guess everyone needs mentorship. Yes, it's very you know? true. Yeah. And what he got from Jazzy J, he obviously paid it forward with guys like you and, and right. Bakba. That's an, and that's yeah. an honorable thing to do because some people take information and knowledge and keep it for themselves because knowledge is power. But finesse shared that with right. you, and I think that's I think that's so admirable. Yeah, like he and like he just showed us he showed us so much different things. We went and even with Big L, when you know once Big L was was discovered in Rock and Will, he was in Rock and Will. It was a, it was a mixtape store on 125th Street. So um, the Buck went there, and finesse was over there, and that's where Big L got found. So they found them, and then you know every the story. Then here comes Big L. And so our first session with Big L was he jumped on a Law Finesse record called Yes You May. Um T T Ray did the beat. And we was at we did the record at DMD Studios. Oh man, that was a night. <laughs> <laughs> that was a night. That was a night. That was like, that's when it was like, oh yo, L gonna be something. Then you know, he caught his deal. He caught his deal at, you know, um Columbia. Uh, Columbia. But yeah, doing his album, his album was a process. It's like, cause Big L didn't really like, he didn't like, he didn't not only like my beats, he just used to reject beats in general. Like, he'd be like, dogs, this beat is so fire. Like, he'd be like, nah, mm -mm, I don't hear nothing on that. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. He was definitely difficult with the picking of the beats, but he got the album made. You know what I'm saying? It was a process, but they got that album made. Yeah. Before I hand over, uh, back to Summit. Talk about your relationship with Buckwild as well, because from what I understand, he was key in terms of starting your production career because he gave you equipment at the very beginning. Absolutely, yeah. He um, I had got a at least he made he said go get your at least his HR sixteen. He said Diamond was using that, and he was like, yo, I'm gonna give you this nine hundred. I got a nine hundred from him, and I started with those two pieces of machines, and then. As soon as I got a couple of more dollars, then I bought the SB twelve hundred used, whatever. So yeah, Buck was very influential. He forced it on me basically. He's like, yeah, it doesn't make no sense for y'all you to be with us every day and not do beats. Like that doesn't make sense. So I was like, uh, okay. So then I just tried it. It, it worked. Yeah. Shockingly, it worked. Yeah. Shockingly, it worked. Yeah. Buckwell is one know, of our favorites. Um, absolute yeah. legend on the production he never misses uh, he never misses nah he don't <laughs> he was just like and one time we was just going record for record i was like god damn it he came with another record so like i think he came with um he did a versus before versus he did no nah, it wasn't like a versus <laughs> it, was just, it was more so uh sharpening of the blades yeah exactly he was like he came with um he came with whoa. Oh, 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 oh. that's, that's yeah. a headache. So when he came, he came with whoa, I came with um Bad Boys Bad Boys Anthem for Shine. It was like, we was kind of just kind of going 
back and forth on different records. It was just like, yeah, all right. I'm just like, you know, I, I got it. And he's like, yeah, I still got it too. Like it was just, it was, it was, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't um said, but you know, you could tell that we was like, yo, B, I'm, I'm gonna get me a record. Like, oh, that's a nice record. All right, I'm gonna get one. Just give me a second. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't. We never made it like a competition, though. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it's 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 like you know. I've got, mm-hmm. I've got this. You show me what you got, and, and yeah, it's friend. It's yeah, friend. like, like, like. I don't, I don't have to speak to Buck for two, three years. With that's my brother, regardless. Like, you know, what I'm saying, and finesse too. Like, you know, I, I reached, I reached out to finesse, um, maybe a month or two ago, maybe even three, and I just was like, yo, man, just you know, so many people is passing from my era and everything, and it was. I just wanted to tell him thank you, man, because it was if it wasn't for him, man, shit, I wouldn't even be here today. Because my records, they play, you know, they still play today, which is good. Like you know, it's uh, shocking. <laughs> it's shocking to go in a party and still get to hear your music, you know, because most music doesn't stand the the don't stand the test of time. Right. Most of it doesn't. So, you know, it's it's um, but it's a testament to to your talent and then also the 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 mentorship that you mentioned that you went through. Right. So having Buck, mm-hmm. having Lord Finesse being around, you know, talent helps you to raise your own. Right. You become a product of your own environment. You start to want to go. Right. I'm, it's, it's the same thing. The Wu-Tang Clan. Right. They they shop. Right, right. Still, so it's the same. And and yeah. speaking of I guess speaking of working with greats you know you've worked with foxy uh-huh. nas shine mm-hmm. i mean source mm-hmm. money the the source money joint you did mm-hmm. with bleak you know crazy yeah, right yeah, you, you've done hard, some yeah. oh, hard. You, you've done some crazy work director. yeah i did direct i was like what the fuck? yeah this is one this is one this right. is one of those so right so, so my, my, i guess my question is is um do you when you're thinking about placements and and working with artists especially back in the day maybe not so now were you very conscious to go mm-hmm. i need to have build a relationship with them or was it just like hey i just want i just i mess with your music and we'll we'll we'll, we'll work because you you seem to create a lot of great music with said artists so i'm wondering if there's a relationship there prior that helps to bring out the best there were some of them some of them was just relationships some of them just kind of maybe like like wendy goldstein wendy goldstein put me in a studio with like all city I like, love that you know album, by the way. Yeah. So like, you know, and then, you know, the source money stuff was kind of around that time too. Like me and source see each other. They were like, oh, this is LP, this is source. It's like, oh, all right, cool. And then he's like, yo, we should just lay some shit down. I'm like, all right, cool. And then we laid, we laid a good record down. That record was like, yeah, source money. He's, he's a problem too. <laughs> he is. Yeah. He's great. Like, great. He's great. Greatness. Like, and it's, it's like it'd be like sad not sad but you know like there was just a couple of artists that man like they was great and like everybody fade it's like yo i don't know what the the, the things just fade right i guess it's life that's just i guess the way this life is even producers like great producers and then you know they just fade or i guess they get caught up in a personal life you know things and things change you know what i'm saying 
you can't stay high forever. No, you can't. You can't. But do you, do you think some of that is just due to just almost luck? You know, sometimes it's just something, in, it's, it's fate, it's kismet. Sometimes it just it happens for certain artists and not others. Because we, me and Chris often talk about, you know, oh, do you remember so-and-so? Or, you know, what if this happened? What if this happened? Sometimes it's circumstances, people's personal life. Um, some, mm. so, sometimes it's just, hey, it's just, I mean, Salam Rumi used to say it, having hit records sometimes isn't as just, it's not easy. Sometimes everything has to align. The stars, is it more like that, that? I think it's that. I think what takes us out of our game is, you know, our personal life. Like, you know, we go get women and we go get, we have kids and and here come all of these responsibilities. And prior to that, we didn't have those kind of responsibilities. And sometimes those responsibilities weigh a lot. <laughs> they, 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 they're too damn heavy. And then you still got everybody that want to be in your pocket and, yo, let me this, let me that, let me this, let me that. Like, yo, bro, I can't take care of the world, man. Like, I'm not Santa. <laughs> I'm not Santa Claus. I'm not here to take care of everybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, but you want to do, you know, you want to do it and you probably do overextend yourself. But, you know, it's at, at the end of the day, it's at your cost. You know what I'm saying? So you can't, as time went by, I learned I couldn't be there for everybody. So. You have to change your habits. You got to change how you move. And, you know, in music business, you're going to hit a rut. And if you hit that rut, if you didn't have a pillow in that rut, then you're going to be back on the block or you're going to be working for whoever and, you know, figuring it out, you know, the regular man way, which is not nothing wrong with that. Because if there's nothing coming in, you need to make sure there's something coming in on your table. Something is better than nothing. But, you know, you got to learn. You know, everybody is different. Some people learn the easy way. And then there's the other ones that be like, I'm going to sit right here until it comes. And all you're going to do is dig yourself deeper, deeper in the hole. Like, and that's not going to work for you because then you might not even be able to pull yourself back up. True. But, you know, everybody looks at it differently. And, you know, I hope everybody is doing good and holding it together. And if they're not, you know, getting back. Uh, getting back on the music train when you've been off of it, it's a lot harder. I guess it's like it's the gym. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah exactly. It's just like the gym. Like, yeah. Because when I get on that Peloton, I'll be like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> this, I was like, this Peloton <laughs> is harder than going to the gym with the trainer. Yeah. It, it is like, and you got all these different trainers on the Peloton, which makes it like, oh, this, let me look at her Tundi. Tundi's a beautiful chick. I love Tundi. So I like uh, click on her. I'm like, let me see what she got for us today. But then when I got to get off that bike, I'll be like, oh, God. <laughs> Legs hurting. I'm getting in the bed. I go to take a shower, get in the bed, aching. Wake up the next morning, morning still aching. And then like, yo, you you paid twenty, uh, you paid $3,000 for this bike. So you got to get your money's worth too. You know what I'm saying? So Right now, I'm like, okay, I'm about like 2,000 some change away from paying it <laughs> off. Let me hurry up pay it off, and then I'll feel even more better. Then, you know, but till then, every day I'm on that bike. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Talk about um, Biggie not wanting mm-hmm. Get Money to be a radio single. Is it true that he was like, nah, this ain't this ain't nah. going on the radio? Nah, he said, it's an album joint. He's like, nah, LP, this is an album joint. He's like, you ain't cleaning this up? No, I ain't cleaning that up. That's an album joint. Okay. It's an album joint. 
everybody coming in the studio, like, yo, this shit fire. Yeah, we recorded the record, man. He played it, took the goddamn phone, put it to the speaker, played it for Puff. Puff was like, yo, that's for fucking, that's for your next album. I ain't for them. So anyway, it ended up being a single. A very big single. Massive. Massive. Yeah. A single that will last the rest of the rest of the life. It's it's one of those songs where <laughs> you yeah. when you hear it, it gives you the same feeling every time you hear it for the first time. It's one yeah. of those songs. When you hear that when you hear that sample kicking doom, 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 it, you have the same feeling like that. I that's how I feel about it. Every time I hear it, I think about the first time I heard it when I saw the video. It gives me that same right. feeling, and that's hard right. to capture. Um, and whether that was intentional right. or not, that's just sometimes it's just it's, it happens. That's just magic in the air that it just it's uh-huh. you big, it's junior after it happens. But I feel like that. But that record is crazy. That that record is. How, how did you feel about? Okay, I'm going to ask a controversial question here because I know the mm-hmm. song from top to bottom. I can do get money on muscle memory, right? Okay. How did you feel about Rich Homie Quan at the show when he messed up Biggie's verse? He's a man. He's a nut. He's a nut. I tell you what I like, felt. I felt so upset, right? Because I, he had like, the look. Like, I looked at him. I said, "But your baby, you don't know. You just don't know." Yeah, but like, but but LP, like when you, I I I watched it and I'm like, he had the Kooji jumper, he had the Timberlands, yeah, so he had the look yeah, down. Like get the verse right. Yeah, he couldn't do that because he just. Some look, some sometimes, some, look, sometimes nerve kick in. I don't know, like you know, yeah, it's one it's of those true. things where like we won't necessarily know it's easy to get the look right because it was Kooji down to the socks right he bigger always said it right so sometimes you know fear kicks in a bit of anxiety kicks in and you and you and you mess up and then you can't really balance it back you can't get your way up it's like it's like a boxer when they get hit sometimes they've taken a hit and they're trying to stand up and he could just couldn't get back up I won't lie to you yeah, bro when I went but he wasn't he wasn't even the yeah, right yeah, man yeah, for that's, the job. that's true like, that's true anything, like, that was that was a very prestigious moment. Like he yeah. he wasn't the right person for the job. Like you know what I'm saying. And and, and unfortunately he suffered <laughs> even more than his career is doing already. Like you know what I'm saying. Because you're showing me Quan shit when he first came out. He was yeah, a great artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a prelude to the you know thug and all of that stuff that's coming that's prevalent mm-hmm. now that everyone loves. But um, just going back on Biggie very quickly, mm-hmm. um. Who was who who was winning those snapping contests between you, Buck, Big, and Finesse on the phone? And you, yeah, come on, you gotta be who was who was winning those contests? Who was snapping on who? Well, listen, was, <laughs> me and Buck me and Buck was jumping in and out, like you know, let's say it's double dutch. Me and Buck jump in and out, but that goddamn finesse and goddamn big, yo, all night long, three, four hours, all night long, snap. It was like Shit, that was like the best times, man. That was the best times, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm so happy I grew up in that era. Jesus Christ, like that was just that era. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Definitely. So Finesse, Finesse and Big, they, they, they were, they were the kings. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, Finesse is funny as shit. <laughs> but you can tell by his writing style, he's, he's got to be funny. Finesse is really funny. Yeah. Like when he on that shit. Yeah. I don't know now. I don't know if he be on it like that, but. I saw Finesse live. He said something on stage that I found hilarious. And he was talking about artists not working on their craft. And he said these add water and mix niggas. And I just thought that was so funny because the way he kept on calling them add water and mix niggas. You know, when you go to the store or the shop, if it's add water and mix, it's easy. 
he's basically saying, yeah, they, these add water and mix niggas and the crowd just started cracking up. And I'm like, yeah, finesse is a, he's a comedian, but you had to be to survive those times. Add water and mix niggas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like, yeah, that's something for that shit, yo. <laughs> yeah, that's something for that shit. I mean, you know, it's like, yo, you know, like that's just like we talk, we talk, you know, this music right here is Chinese food music right now. That's why it don't last. Chinese food don't fill you up. It just, it just, it just gets the job done. It's not good food, you know. So it's what you intake in. Like you gotta intake the right food so you can be full. Chinese food ain't gonna do that for you, yo. You need you need that Styles P juices for life. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need yeah you need something a little bit more better than that. That's not good for you. But hey, you, you learn, you live, you learn, right? Absolutely. So um, let's 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 um talk about Reef, someone that is a friend, also a friend of the show. Big beat Reef, legendary, right? Um, skills again. I, I keep we're gonna keep name dropping here. Uh, skills, friend of the show, um, absolutely OG to us. Um, yeah. That- so talk to us about Reef and your relationship with him, and 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 how that helped you open more doors for you. Um, when Reef walked into the, he walked into. I guess we was at. Uh, oh boy, what is the name of that studio? quiet and he heard yeah he quiet and then he heard the the big you know the get money record he was like oh man we got one he took that shit right into to craig Callum like yo they got a record yo they got a record they got a record they got a record so you know once that happened and he was like okay you need to work with artifacts so i started working with artifacts we did two records dynamite soul and um Oh, I forget the name of the other record. It was on, it was like a two, it was a single, but it was like a double-sided single. So it was Dynamite Soul Part 2 and another record, which I just can't remember. And then Dead Mad Skills. So this was 94. So we was at the, the Jack, Jack, Jack something convention. Jack the Rapper. Jack the Rapper, Jack the Rapper. So, the artifacts record is who am I? Yeah, who am I? Exactly. Um, so he just so happened to be running around with mad skills. Like, and even the mad skills relationship, mad skills had an apartment like on Seventh Avenue. It was like a little one bedroom something. Nate, that's where he was staying at. We go by his crib, whatever. But we did we were going to that Jack the Rapper thing, and that's when like that's when he battled uh, Supernatural. We was there for that too. Then, then Bad Boy was outside. Half Pierre and them was outside holding the signs for Bad Boy, and they was in their boxes. It was like so much stuff going on. I was like, "What in the fuck is going on out here?" It's like, man, I'm glad I came downtown today. This is a show. Just a whole. Yo, that time it was just so much different shows and different people. And then it was um there was another a label, Bandula, Bandula Records, and they had they had some artists, they had these artists, and um we got to see so much different things at that time. And it was like all coinciding at the same damn time. So it was like being we would not miss anything because we went to everything. 
You went to everything, even going to the country club on 86th Street, Jay-Z and them coming in there, Dame Dash, and they popping bottles and big a slide in on the on a humdrum. Like, you know, it was just different times. And everybody was cool and too. It wasn't really, it wasn't all that. Oh, I ain't fucking with him. I'm not messing with that. This yo, I'm gonna fuck him up when I see him. It wasn't all of that at that time. It was just more about good ass music. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was still on some chill shit. But you know, things change, I guess, right? I gotta credit you though. <laughs> I, I have yeah. to credit you. I was doing my research on you this morning and I totally forgot you produced one of my favorite posse cuts, Unseen World, on the Skills album. Right, that was right, right. You. Oh. I never forget when I heard that song, and um, I think it was Kalonji. He said, first stop uh-huh. to make it live. I catch wreck like drunk drivers, been through many battles and left no survivors. Bring it. I was like, yes, that's me. Those are the kind of songs that shape me, man. You you were part of that. I've got to credit you, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good record. A we, made that. That like, we made that like on a humdrum one day, too. He, I, he finally, I played him a bunch of beats, but he finally found a beat he could fuck with, which was that beat. And it was just like, oh man, this is just too damn perfect. It was like them shingling drums. That's the first time I chopped them and I got them exactly how I wanted to do it. And it still don't, even though it sound like shingling, it don't sound like shingling because I did it my way. Like, you know, you know, this some of these drum beats, it's so hard to get them the way you want it. Like it was. It's another one I'm, I'm I've been thinking about for the last five days, and I'm trying to figure out how I could get it to sound like something else, but still everybody know what it is. Kind of like what I did with um, Bloody Money, you know. But like you know, I like music again, so I think I'm gonna do some beats. Yeah, we need we need some more easy LP. Yeah, I like I like music again. It's just like you know, it's music is a process, and then when you've been doing it for so long, it's be like what can i come up with that's going break through everything that's out here but um it's gonna be this year coming up i think i'm gonna put out an instrumental album or two maybe two instrumental albums to kind of start breaking the ice and kind of take it from there but um yeah definitely that's what's gonna be up next okay so we got 25 years of mm-hmm. ghetto millionaire a personal favorite mm-hmm. of me and Summit. We um, when we have our nerd oh, out wow. sessions, that's one of the uh-huh. albums that comes up. So Mike Geronimo, shout out to him, yeah. friend of the show. Now we mm-hmm. need to talk about that ghetto millionaire and what a life. Oh no, sorry, not what a life. What a shame. What a shame. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah. Another perfect record produced by Easy LP. Do you have mm-hmm. any memories from working on that album with Royal Flush? I worked hand in hand on his on his whole album. I was there for every step of his album, even on records that I wasn't a part of. I was probably was there. Like he made Iliadi shine. I was there for that. I was up there for probably a good majority of his album, besides maybe the Les record and the Beat Miners record. Uh, moving on your week production and I th- Les did a record on there too. Worldwide, I think. Worldwide, yeah. Though probably those only two records I probably wasn't there for. But a lot of the sessions when we did my records, we did other people's records too, kind of around the same time. And I just, I used to sit with I, I like that was a project that I was all the way around for. Like I didn't get no executive producer credits or nothing, but I got a good amount of records on his album. Like and 
um, I was the one that um, put um, Nori on his album. Like I put Nori on what a, Nori's on what a shame, and I put Nori on Ice Down Medallions. That was that was my call. I was like, he had the beat, he had some verses. I was like, yo, you need to put Poppy on this record. You know what I'm saying? That's Nori, Nori other name, Poppy. So yo, put Poppy on this record, man. This should be right. And Flush was like, you think so? I was like, yeah. wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, Good call. Great call. Yeah. yeah. How come yeah. Rotten Apple didn't end up on the album? David Grusin wouldn't clear the sample. Oh man, I like David Grusin too. You know, he did um. Oh, it's a shame yeah, he did yeah. the um every, uh, everyday struggle Biggie sample. That's him. Yeah, yeah. That's why I thought I could get it through, but. No, what the hell's going on over there? But they didn't clear that sample, so then that's why I became a white label. And then, then we had Nas on it, you know, Nas Nas was on it, which probably would have been another story. But it didn't clear, and it was just like, all right, well, whatever. But it was a great white label, though. Yeah, definitely white label. It was a great white label. But I figured, even though that didn't make it, I knew when I made for Ice Down Medallions, I was gonna be good. Like Ice Medall- Ice Down Medallions was like. Yeah, that was the shit right there. That was hard. Twenty five like, years though, man. Yeah, we did that in Chung King. Ice Down Medallions in Chung King. Yeah, twenty five years. Love that album. Yeah, love that album. Um, Bad Boys, the beat, one of Shine's mm-hmm. signature songs. So the beat was originally. Correct me if I'm wrong. For Little Kim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played it for Little Kim first. Okay, so can you tell mm-hmm. us if it, if at all possible? What beats mm-hmm. you played for some artists that ended up elsewhere? Uchi Uchi Wally, Sean Hat, Uchi Wally. Okay. That was on the same beat group as, as Bad Boys Anthem. That was on it. Um uh okay, hold on. It was a DJ in New York. I'm trying to think of his name. <sighs> Why wow, it's not coming to me now. I mean, it was on this beat tape. That beat tape had a lot of good beats on it. And it had both of those, both of those two beats was on that beat tape. But it was other beats on it. That whole beat tape got picked. Like what it was, I know like, you know, uh Uchi Wally, Uchi Wally, I played for Nori first. He said, nah, I'll fuck with that. It's like, okay, cool. Um, so that was that was cool. He didn't fuck with it. And then it went, it went to Nas and them, and they fuck with it. Everybody, everybody be different, but um, sometimes it wasn't supposed to land there. So like, instead of me doing um, um, Uchi Wally, I ended up doing with with Nori, you know, uh, I ended up doing like Blood Money Three. You see what I'm saying? So it just be like, all right, cool. Well, and then then I did Blood Money Three, and then I got it replayed. It was replayed. And it was just like, oh man, this shit is even crazier replayed. Like, you know, so it's like sometimes it don't be for them, but when they hear it on somebody else, they'd be like, oh man, yeah, oh man, you could have been like, you know, I thrive on being different. Like, so that's why it's kind of hard for me to make beats because I don't want, I don't want my records to sound like everybody else's. I want it to sound different. You know what I'm saying? Like different meaning. Yeah, different. We are like, you know, you hear like you hear these all these records on the radio and everybody sound like 
you know, not not even point of like this is like you hear all these rappers now and they sound like a little baby. But like, nah, I just want a little baby. I don't want none of you. Like, you understand what I'm saying? But like, you know, that's just how how beats are too, is be like everything sound the same. Like even coming from different producers, it's it'd be sounding the same. So when you get like like a producer like um 30 Rock, right? And he put and he do the box. That's why they say they stick out like a sore thumb because it's not like none of them other records that's out. And then you got a good artist on top of it, then it, you know it makes it work. Like you understand what I'm saying? So you know, it's but a lot of people don't want to be different. They want to fall into the box like everybody else. So that's the problem, and that's why it's the way it is right now. It's like you know, I mean, it's surviving. It's going to survive, but like. A, a new artist come and he got some different sounding beats. It's, he's probably going to prevail if he got if the stars aligned. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of of producers and being different, um, working with G Dep, mm-hmm. being around the Hitman, being around Bad Boy, what was that like? Because I mean, when we talk about when we talk about hit records, I mean, special delivery, God Almighty! That I remember by I was in mm-hmm. India. When that came out, and I bought, mm-hmm. I bought We Invented the Remix from India because I couldn't wait to get home and listen to it. And I played that over and uh-huh. over again on the aeroplane. Mm-hmm. I never told the story. Chris, you don't even know the story. In the headphones, over and over again, special delivery. special. It was crazy. Like, what was that like? Working that, making that song, working with G-Dep, and then being around Hitman. Well, we, was in, um, we was in Bad Boy Studio one day, and it was like, yo, this G-Dep, okay. I, and no matter of fact, Black Rob came in. He was like, yo, Rob said to me, he had this world record out. So it's like, yo, man, I need you to give my little man a joint. And I was looking at him like, okay, who is he? He's like, G Dep. Why G Dep? I heard a couple of records on him. We sat in the studio one day, started going through the dad tape, going through beats, going through beats. This, that, that beat came on. He was like, Bring that back again. He brought it back. He started rapping. He had the he had the bars in no time. We went, we just laid it, and then it didn't have no chorus on it. So it was like, okay. We came back to it, got a chorus on it. Did the he did the he did the second verse. So it was like, oh man, we good with this record now. Cause it's like, yo, you know, you know, when you be a bad boy, like. The hardest thing to do when you go to Bad Boy is come up with a club record. They always want a club record, but when you, when you start making beats in Bad Boy Studio, the club records don't be coming. It'd be I didn't I couldn't get a club record in it like like actually doing beats in the studio. Never make a club record in there. It's like the vibe is the vibe is slow. So you know, if you give them an up tempo beat. Things is different over there. Your record probably gonna stay. Yeah, your record's probably gonna stay. You know, the hardest thing to do is, you know, you know what everybody, everybody always, yeah, I need a club record, but club records have to be naturally done, not just you just shot for the club, like shot to make a club record. It can't be contrived, but you know, once you don't, once it's not contrived, then you're good. You know, it'd be all right. But like when you go into any situation, especially as a producer with that kind of pressure, yo, I need a club record. It never goes right. 
I I wore no. that cassette out just pure that for, for for that song. I, I'm telling you right now, it was that, and I need to go part two, and mm-hmm. that was it. I didn't hear nothing else on that album, but I just kept rewinding, stop playing. I, I, I've got the cassette here somewhere. I've been very unprepared. And to the me. remix was an mm-hmm. uh, the remix was an what, event. Ghostface, right? Yeah, of course. Oh my god, yeah, we invented the remix. Yeah, I met Ghostface like I met Ghostface maybe about two years now, and he was like, he's like, yeah, what record you did? And I said. Not this special delivery. He looked at me and said, You did special delivery? So like, yeah, yeah, you did a good verse on <laughs> Catch <laughs> me by the really pool in my Tony Stark slippers. I was in Miami listening to that yeah. actually. Yeah, I yeah, the funny shit is like when the record, I don't know if it was the first record, it's, it had to be the first record. I don't know if it was the first or the second record, but I was in Miami and she came on the radio. I was like, oh shit. This record is doing. This going record gonna do something. This record is gonna do something. I didn't, you know, it was a great record. It was, but it wasn't being that it wasn't contrived. It was even better. You capture the vibe. You capture the vibe. I guess it's like get money. Is it captures that moment where it's just mm-hmm. magic, man? It's it's everything and it's aligned. simple. Yes, it's very simple. I think yeah, sometimes. Yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I believe in simplicity. Simplicity yeah, works. Depth and simplicity so, sometimes. Yeah, like I mean. And it's like the loop is like one bar. The loop is one bar, speed it up. It you know, but it doesn't sound like anything. Mm. Like it doesn't it didn't sound like anything at that time. Yeah. Definitely. And you couldn't and you couldn't emulate it either. It's, 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 it's funny that you say <laughs> that now, because now I'm thinking yeah. about the stuff you've done, even with the mill and all the like everything you everything you do mm-hmm. doesn't sound like the nothing sounds the same if that makes mm-hmm. a, it makes sense. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's that's the key to longevity. Mad. That's what I always thought about the key to longevity was to not make records to sound the same. Like, you know, so like I was like, I was in I'd be intrigued by when people have sounds and it can last as long as it can last. Like, you know. But I think that um everybody got their own method, you know, and I just kind of just stuck to my own method. You know, and just follow those guidelines. And I felt like, you know, I think I, I did the best I could. Like, you know, I did the best I could. When it was time to make music, I just did the best I could. Like, I'm, I don't have no musical, tr- I don't know how to play no pianos. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. So, you know, with my records and, and, and my ears, my ears just hit differently. I, that's what I think, you know, they just not normal ears. Like where you, I look for the something that's not the run of the mill. Yeah, not average, not you know, not heard before. I kind of shoot for stuff that was hasn't been done before. So you know, and you know, that's definitely a big. Yeah, you come me. and you come from that era too. Yeah. So when you were coming up, if, yeah. you, know, you talk about ninety one, but you, you know, if you go back early, obviously you were listening to music back then. So none of the guys sounded mm-hmm. the same then, right? So Rakim didn't sound like Kane and, and KRS and Cool Modi and Kaz yeah, and, exactly. you know, none of them all sound the same. Even the mm-hmm. DJs, they all had their own flavour and their own mm-hmm. originality. And I think sometimes right. that might, whether we know it or not, that permeates through, you know, what we do and how, how we, and how, and mm-hmm. when we grow and it shapes us as identity that we'd, like, I don't want to buy, it's really weird, it's really strange. This is such a stupid thing to say, but I don't like buying trainers mm-hmm what you guys call sneakers like someone else has got i gotta buy something different because i grew up going we have to buy something mm-hmm. different if i saw someone with a with a true right. shell, shell top and bottoms i need to get different ones now 
And that was when we grew up in right, that era. Right, like, right. Everything had to be fresh right. and different. Yeah. Right, right, right. And it, it makes it all it yeah. made all the difference. And then you want somebody to look at it be like, right. where you get those from? Well, yeah, like, you know, that's what you yeah, know you exactly. got that's, some. That, that, that's what it is. <laughs> it even goes into my, if I'm buying a, a piece of art, like a remaking of the Wu-Tang Clan or Doom or anything, it goes to like, I need to buy something different. Need to buy something different. It's become right. a life mantra just in every area yeah. of your life, just be original. Yeah. I took it into the workplace right, too. Right. Like when you're coming up with ideas, it's like, okay, you know, the sign at the door says no biting. What can we do that's different or, or unique mm-hmm. or just has something that makes it stand out? At least for me anyway. So it's, it's become a life yeah. mantra. Try not to be like anyone else. Yeah. Mad. It's mad. Yeah, it's, mad. it's mad. But we, you know, maybe it's just, a, maybe it's a generation thing, you know, maybe it's a generation thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it's Prodigy. No. Sorry, go ahead. Prodigy. No, no, we good. We good. Prodigy. I want right. to say talk about Prodigy. Prodigy, one of the greatest MCs of all time. And you worked with him, I would say, during his genius period. So 95 to 2000. Mm-hmm. You did the title mm-hmm. track for HNIC. Now, when I heard that mm-hmm. with the strings, I'm like, yo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say, yo. Head nigga in charge. First of all, the title was crazy. Then you gave him that beat. I need to know how you hooked up with Prodigy, those sessions, and how he got that beat. Uh, Jonathan Lighty. Jonathan Lighty was the AR for Monty from maybe 97, 97, 98 through maybe 01, 02. And then they worked hand in hand with each other. So he would get them to come to the studio. They'll, he'll sit there, babysit them, you know. And um, so he hit me one day. He was like, yo, just come to the studio. P going to be in here. Let's play some beats. So I went in there. We did um, we did a record that's not out, but it's you can find it. It's called Gun Love. That's the first record we did. And there's two versions. There's a version with... There's a version with Slick Rick on it. And he's saying, don't hurt me again. So we did that record first. Then we did, and then, which is a funny story because they had to, they happened, they had to play it at Def Jam because next thing you know, Montel Jordan had to be. I was just like, this is too fucking ironic. And then, and Montel Jordan's record was, uh, now, this is how we do it. Whatever the next hit record he had after that. Um, but anyway, that was one of the records we did. Then we did, I played him H&RC. And he was like, I'm fucking with this. So, you know, he did the record on his own. I wasn't there for the session for that. He put the Don't Hurt Me Again, the Gun Talk, Gun, Gun Love. Gun Love is the other record. And then... We did in a little bit more down the line than we did uh, Getaway. And Getaway is where I was like, oh, I nailed it. <laughs> I nailed Like, you know how you be like, you know, you have a prodigy is one thing. Having more beat <laughs> is another thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, more beat. Prodigy, now I fuck with Prodigy, but goddamn it, Marv D, that's something different. <laughs> that's something different. Like that's that was one of my 
favorite groups. Man, when I started doing beats and I had to go to the tunnel and they're playing shook ones, I'm like, oh my God, that shit is crazy. It's like, yo, they the best, they the best artists out. And then, you know, like, then he go to, you know, some years go on, then, you know, I get with Capone and Noriega and I'm like, oh man, well, I probably won't ever be able to get the mob deep. So Capone and Noriega, y'all are going to be my mob deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, I was just like, then I started doing a bunch of Queens records and it was just like, oh, wow, this is a whole nother world right here. Like, I'm like from the Bronx and I'm doing all these Queens records. You would think I was from Queens because I did so many records with Queens artists. Good records too, man, like good records. But, you know, like that was my, it was my favorite artist. It was my favorite artist. Like, you know, outside of, you know, doing big stuff and, and Sean, like Sean, Sean, Sean was like, damn, big pass, yo. But listen to his voice. I, I was, you know, everybody's like, yo, he sound like big. And I was like, damn, what would big get on like right now and kill it? And it was like, that's why that beat went to Kim first. It all came together though. Definitely all came together and all the good music came out at the right times. You are a legend. We love you for all you've contributed to the, mm-hmm. to, to the genre, to the culture. We hope to, we can't wait to hear uh, more music from you. Um, you, you've mm-hmm. definitely, you filled us up with, with some great stories here. Honestly, I've really, I've really enjoyed this, definitely. this, this conversation. Me too. This is, this has Me been too. great. So we appreciate yeah, you. you. We love you. you. We respect you. And thank you for your time. All right. Y'all have a good evening. Peace once again to easy LP legend in the game, man. I'm still, I'm still upset, bro. Why? Rich homie Kwan messed up to get money verse, man. Yeah, I was going to take that out, actually, because I no, didn't man. want, like, you know. No. I, 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 I don't want, like, you know, Easy LP calls him a nut, and I don't want no, I don't want anyone to have problems on our behalf. No, it's fine, bro. It's fine, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, watching that, and I'm just like, ah. But what a great record, though. Get money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah Cultural yeah, yeah. staple. Absolutely, but he's got some. No, he's up here some great ones, man. Even like he's on the Belly soundtrack, everything, man. There's, yeah, there's so is. much. He's got he's got so much history, and I just love the fact that you know he comes through the game with finesse and Buckwild. Yeah, you know the DITC connection, man. It's just I swear it's just everywhere, like in well, some capacity, especially in that era, in that yeah. decade, in that decade period, the music that had come out as a result or 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 affected by the lineage of the DITC crew is unmatched. It's unparalleled. Imagine Buckwild um, saying to you, you know what Buckwild does, right? Yeah. You should make beats. You're around us. Make beats, man. Go on, make beats. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Just do right. it. Do it. Right, right. Go on. <laughs> Crazy. Here, here, here's, here's, some, here's, some, here's some equipment. Do it. Yeah. Mad, mad, mad. Yeah. mad but really, respect, respect to to easy lp that was yeah. um i would encourage cool. all our listeners as well go out and um do your googles do your 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 due diligence go on discogs and check out um easy lp's discography uh, i think he he has a a long list of hits and classics some that you'll be familiar with and some that you won't be familiar with and some you'll be like oh he did that well yes like ghostface he didn't realize ghostface didn't realize that he did special delivery bruv you know Bruh. it's mad 
absolute mad but yeah testament testament to to the to the genius mm, and go and listen I'm... to ghetto millionaire by real flash Oof. we can't talk about that album enough and easy lp is a key part of it yes absolutely can't absolutely. talk about that album enough classic absolutely absolutely but as always you can follow us on social media at break the atoms twitter and instagram chris's personal handle is at i am kinetic mines is at hip-hop chronicle we will be back next week with yet another episode but until then peace peace